Also with us here tonight is someone who's been watching Trump's finances very closely, Forbes senior editor Dan Alexander. And Dan, it's great to have you because the other aspect of this is how Trump pays for this. And, you know, he's claimed in depositions previously that his stockpile of cash, uh, he said, substantially in excess of $400 million. But, but based on what your analysis has been in your reporting, can he pay this? He can pay this. You know, he right now does have about $400 million of liquid assets. And so, sure, $83 million would hurt, but, yeah, he could pay it. Now, where it gets tricky is when you start adding in the other potential penalties that he could have to pay. And then he could all of a sudden find himself in a real cash crunch. Okay, so the other one that you're referencing there is, you know, we're waiting on the New York civil case here where he's already been found liable for fraud. They're just judging to see what the, what the price of that essentially would be. The attorney general in New York wants it to be $370 million. So if that does happen, and we don't know, but if that does happen paired with the $83 million, how much of Trump's net worth would be affected by that? Well, you know, about a fifth of his net worth, but more importantly, that's more cash than he has. So all of a sudden, he's going to have to refinance something, sell something. And when you look across his portfolio, many of the assets that are easy to borrow against, he's already borrowed money against. And so there's not a ton left that he can easily go to a bank, particularly with the credit issues that he's had in the past, and say, hey, can you just give me $100 million here, $100 million there to sort some things out? Remember, banks at this point are wary of Donald Trump, and so it's going to be tricky and delicate for him to figure this out. He has, however, in the past, time after time, figured different ways to slip out of cash crunches, and so we'll see if he's able to do it again if he does face sort of the double whammy penalty that you're describing. Well, one option that he's had available to him since he has been running as a candidate is he fundraises off of this, and he's constantly fundraising off his legal troubles has quite a bit of his own legal fees that he's paying for and others. But can he actually use what he raises with those those political action committees to pay for things like like damages to Eugene Carroll? I'm skeptical that he's going to be able to suck enough money out of his political apparatus to really make a dent in, if you're talking about 400, $450 million, something like that. You know, if you're paying for lawyers, you're paying a couple million dollars here, a couple million dollars there. Sure, that's real money, but to Donald Trump, that's not a huge amount of money. And what he needs here, potentially, is a huge amount of money. I don't think that he's going to be able to just pull that straight out of, out of his political operation. He's going to have to turn to his real estate assets and his business. And, and Alyssa, you know Trump well. When you look at it, what Dan's talking about there, the number and totality of this that's facing him, I mean, he's facing 91 criminal counts, mm -hmm. but this is a direct threat to his what holds he holds so dear, his personal wealth. It's his, his livelihood, the brand, the, the wealth that he's tried to create or the way he positions himself. Listen, this will be an extraordinary hit. And I do caution that even talking to folks on the right after this judgment came down and expecting that we're going to see something soon from New York, there is a tremendous skepticism from folks who support Trump that they do think this looks like a witch hunt. They see these sums and they're like, we've never even heard of something like this. This feels like the state or the Democrats are coming down against Trump and they're trying to take down our man. So I don't see this in any way as helping maybe change the tide of sentiment around him, but he is going to be genuinely strapped for catch. I, I actually think Dan's a little more bullish that he can pay this than I am, but um, if both of these come down, he's going to be in a tough place. What if he can't pay it? What happens then? <laughs> well, then they have to start liquidating, right? I mean, mm -hmm. he doesn't have to necessarily deliver a suitcase full of cash, but he does have extensive 
assets. It's a question of is he. What going if he's to... reelected though? If he's in office, you can still enforce a judgment. Absolutely, what you, you, there are limits. You're right on what you can do against a sitting president. You certainly cannot try a sitting president, for example. You can, under the Paula Jones case, sue a sitting president, and you certainly can collect an outstanding civil judgment. So. While winning the White House back, if he does, will get him out of a lot of trouble, it will not get him out of having to repay these verdicts. But isn't this like part of the issue is, let's just say in November, Donald Trump is elected president again. He's going to have to be focused on settlements and whatnot rather than focusing on governing the country. And that's the problem with having this person potentially be the not with including many other problems. But his focus is going to be so distracted because of his own self-created problems because he lacks self-control, he is irresponsible, he can't keep his mouth shut as we just talked about, and then this is the person that could have the nuclear codes worrying about whether or not he can keep his fortune or not. It's interesting, that's exactly the analysis the Supreme Court gave in the Paula Jones case. They said on the one hand, you have to be accountable, on the other hand, this person's trying to run the country, and they weighed it out and said, civil case can stand. So I'm so glad you brought up the politics of this, though, and what it means, like, if he is back in office, because clearly Republicans on the Hill are getting the sense that, I mean, he very well could be. He seems like he's on the path to the nomination, though we don't know. Senator James Langford was asked if, if he had any hesitations about Trump going back to the White House in light of what's happened here. And this is what how he phrased it to reporters. And obviously, these are legal cases. I don't jump in the middle of a legal case. Uh, it, it's been interesting the number of legal cases that have come up against President Trump and then have failed and have been dropped or have been kicked out of the courts on it. This one's actually went through. He's already said he's going to challenge it. So let the courts actually make their decisions and let the American people make their decisions. Okay, if you're not on the Hill acting as a spokesperson, who would be like, that's a great answer. I mean, what would you, what do you, what do you make of that? I mean, I think he, that's about as far as you can go if you're James Langford, a very conservative Oklahoma senator who is going to end up supporting Donald Trump. But I think Nikki Haley has been trying to make the point. Her whole argument isn't even attacking the substance of what happened. It's he's going to be focused on E. Jean Carroll, on being in courtrooms, on trying to stay out of jail. Like that, that is exactly the problem. How do you run the country if that's your focus? And to add insult to injury, Trump is trying to sink the immigration deal. That James Langford, Langford has spent months, months. <laughs> trying to negotiate. We'll see what happens with that.